welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm one of your hosts, Petter, and with me I got my co-host, James. How's it going? And today we're talking about volume 15 of Kaguya-sama Love is War. I feel like I say this every time, but it's a beautiful, amazing volume, and it topped all of the previous ones in my mind again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was a great look into Kaguya's, Kaguya's mindset in uh-huh. and of itself, and in Miyuki as well, and oh, yeah. the true meaning of relationship, uh, and what it means to be in one, I, I think that was really explored as well. Mm-hmm. Is it my favorite? I, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> I, I think it's very good. I don't know if it tops the previous one for me, though, oddly enough. Actually, I'm not surprised by that because my first time reading this volume, well, because I, I read it today, in, in preparations for this uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. And today it was only the second time I ever read it. So I had only read it one time before oh. that. And then I actually felt the same way as you do. It wasn't as strong as volume 14 was to me back then. But now mm-hmm. I think it's better. After the second okay. read, I, I'm much more impressed by it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can see that because the character growth for the two main characters is, I think, exponential and... It, it provides a, a depth that, well, a depth and also progression that had been building up for so long, and it kind of just spills out on this on this page in so many or in this volume <laughs> in so many different ways. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, so, well, I guess with that little intro out of the way, let's get into the characters. Talk about them one by one. So. Let's start with Kaguya Shinomiya, and I'd like to start with a very short little quote from her, from one of her, I guess, thoughts. Okay. Uh, she said, or she thought, I have a terrible personality. It's nothing new. We've, she, she's had those thoughts right. since, since some of the very earliest volumes, but this book really goes in depth on that, um, as I think you can agree. Mm-hmm. And... And we, we learned all these things, how she wishes for an ordinary life and an ordinary relationship. Yeah. I respect her willingness to show her unsightly side to Miyuki, mm. even though that he doesn't really care. He always knew about that and kind of admired that. But also, she's straightforward with her feelings. Uh-huh. Um, she's not... I mean, she is embarrassed and feels awkward at times when around him but talking to let's say uh, well Hayasaka is a bad example not the greatest example because she's kind of opened up to Hayasaka throughout the whole thing um, but Kashiwagi right yeah, yeah Nagisa right she she literally said oh it's because I like him and, <laughs> and I want to do all sorts of things to him <laughs> <laughs> yeah and but she, she wasn't incredibly embarrassed by that or she she realized that it, it'd be stupid to to deny it or whatever she says. Yeah. And it's like, we see in this volume that like she hates herself because of her ugly side and how that mm-hmm. ugly side of hers has always driven people away from her. Yeah. Um, but then she makes the decision to keep on showing that side of her more to Miyuki because her thinking is that if he isn't driven away by by that and if he would maybe even kiss her when she is like that, then that would make her Im- immensely happy, and 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 it would mean that Miyuki likes all sides of her. If yeah, that would happen, which you know ultimately it does in this volume, mm-hmm. and 
I, I just love that mentality of hers. Like her, her simplistic kind of and modest views on romance and also her idea of revealing every side of yourself to your romantic partner are mm -hmm. things that I relate to completely. Like it's so... I, I, I love it so much. Like th this volume made me love Kaguya so much more. I mean, I loved her before, yeah. but she grew so much for me here. So true. And I agree with their sentiment about, you know, what makes a relationship and everything and being mm. able to show each other's weaknesses and, and their kind of, I guess, their unsightly areas. I, I hesitate to say true self because at the beginning of this volume, it felt like the the manga was trying to say, oh, this is the real Kaguya. And I and I, I was really, a little apprehensive. I, I, I didn't want to believe that. Or at the very least, I, I didn't think it was fair to the Kaguya that we got to know this whole time. Mm. So I, 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 loved, I, I loved seeing Ice Kaguya, but I was a little perplexed and maybe conflicted on how I felt or some of the, some of the messages I felt the the book was trying to make with with her, um, not that they were bad or anything, but just just about that persona aspect. But I think the end of this volume confirms a couple of things for me. Mm. One, she's complicated. I mean, we already knew that. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, she has these complicated feelings, and a lot of people have complicated uh, pers personalities. Maybe the wrong word, but feelings that they try to sort out and maybe sides to them, um, hmm. whether it be their, their public faces or their personal faces. And then two, all parts of Kaguya, all these personas or faces that she has or these behaviors are all part of one Kaguya. It's not, right. it's not ice Kaguya. It's not silly Kaguya. It's just one Kaguya. And maybe as, as she was getting to know Miyuki more and changing to a personality that she felt like he would be more attracted to. Um, she kind of decided to be less, less cold as she was taught, and accept the side of her that she never knew she had, which is maybe a little sillier and a little kinder. Hmm. So, I think, to me, the the what I took out of it is. She she was willing to accept herself as the complicated and, and not one note person that she is. Um, right. And I think that was because of her l feelings for Miyuki in the end. Definitely. Definitely. And along those lines, like her having like, all, well, she is a very round character. You know, she has mm -hmm. all these different sides to her that make her feel like a realistic person. Um, yeah. And last volume or at the end of the last volume when this was, well, it started to kind of go in in the direction or it introduced little kaguya and and ice kaguya mm -hmm. woke up after you know all that long time and mm -hmm. all, all of that um i shared with you my theory from back when i read volume 14 the first time last summer right that was on my mind while i was reading not gonna lie right just because you, know, you put that you put you put that there right about her suffering from dissociative identity disorder which lo and behold, was confirmed not to be the case in the very first chapter <laughs> yeah. of this volume. <laughs> Which I'm glad they did. I'm glad yes. they did. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Because, it, I mean, yes, this story does deal with some heavy stuff sometimes, but I think that mm -hmm. might have been maybe a bit too heavy for this story if that, that had been the case. And it was, right. it, was, it was nice to get it kind of 
just straight up confirmed that like basically mm-hmm. what is the case in this in this situation and and as you said also like toward the end of this volume it became even more clear that these identities or personalities of kaguya really mm-hmm. are just one and the same and it's like any right. person has different sides of themselves so mm-hmm. yeah it's really nice and, and honestly it's the funny thing throughout this volume kaguya is quote-unquote ice kaguya throughout pretty much all of it but mm-hmm. she i guess before having read this volume you would have expected ice kaguya to just be this kind of one note just cold stern yeah kinda. but there really is so much more to that side of kaguya you know totally mm-hmm. and it, it like you really see that as you go go through the volume and toward the end you know she still she still has that side but there's also so much more and i i feel like it's with this volume that kaguya's character is like fully realized as a super realistic person and i just i love that so much at least the way i feel about her it's just yeah. amazing. Oh, I agree. It's beautiful, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, all that. Yeah, all that build build up that we've had throughout throughout these volumes, it kind of just accumulates right right to this moment. And I, yeah, I do love it for that. Yeah, and um, there is a panel. I think it's in the first uh, chapter of this volume. Oh yeah, it's the same the same panel where it's confirmed that she isn't suffering from dissociative identity disorder. It's like a dark panel with Kaguya holding a mask over her face. And I think that's a really like visually interesting image because her pose is literally her calming ritual pose, you know, holding her right hand to her left cheek. Like that's how her body is moved in that panel. But it's also clear that she's holding the hand that way to keep the mask in place over her face. So mm. I, I don't know, it's it's just interesting imagery to me yeah, that is I, I never i didn't think about that but that is good imagery hmm. yeah and she also really embraced her tsundere side in some parts of this volume <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you know, that's a good way to put it kicking miyuki and like slapping him <laughs> with that old fan that chica made to slap you with way back yeah i i guess there would be a little more uh physical contact contact <laughs> in their relationship <laughs> yeah. it's not like i want to kiss you or anything Baka. Baka. <laughs> <laughs> but come on come on and kiss me <laughs> uh, right oh gosh uh i did love that i was gonna say this but the the holding the holding the hand scene that you know how she mm. was trying to get him to hold uh hold her hand oh gosh yeah you know just she clearly wants it but she's not but but she also has these clear I- ideals of what she thinks a relationship should be like, or at the very least, a normal relationship should be like. Right. Yeah. And absolutely. Uh, so that's why she wanted Miyuki to take the action, and mm-hmm. in that, but in that scenario, it comes off as very much being a tsundere kind of a <laughs> kind of a thing, um, which she is, to be fair. Right. Most characters in this in this story are. Yeah. More or less. <laughs> totally. Uh, one other thing I had. It kind of deals with just a, a future prediction for later volume, and, and or or maybe you can clarify this because maybe maybe you remember it from a previous volume. Uh-huh. There was a scene where it was a moment where she said she fell in love. I think it was when they were in the hospital, and she was talking to herself or whatever, and she mentioned that there 
there was a moment she fell in love with Miyuki. Yes. And Miyuki was in the water, and it looks like she, he had grabbed some sort of uh, ribbon or cloth. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think I think it's her the ribbon that she always has in her hair. Or not always. Not in this volume. But yeah, not, it's that, right. that ribbon. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. But again, this was Ice Kaguya, so I wasn't sure if she was wearing it at a time. Maybe, maybe he fell right. out her hair. I'm not sure. Either way, she fell in love with him in that moment. But mm-hmm. unless it already happened, I don't. I don't remember it. I would like to see that eventually. Um, it would be. It would be nice to see that moment that she fell in love. Yeah, and I. I have a feeling we probably will. I'm okay. also, I also definitely took note of that because it's really interesting. We just get that one panel of some situation there where Miyuki supposedly went to fetch her handkerchief or or well whatever you call that like cloth ribbon from uh-huh. the water it looks like the same area where he first fell in love with her where he saw yeah where not maybe not fell in love but he was impressed and started be- being interested in her um but this is at least not the same time because yeah miyuki is wearing the student council um president outfit mm-hmm. or he has that golden thing so it's not at the same time but it definitely looks like the same area yep so yeah i'm also really really interested in maybe seeing that in more in more detail mm-hmm. um, For sure. and uh in the same chapter where you know kaguya wants miyuki to hold her hand uh it's uh she actually said how cute to me yeah. in that condescending <laughs> way that yeah. he always dreaded like man and because like it's always been it, it has she has said it like a few times in the past mm-hmm. but it's never mm-hmm. been in the way that Miyuki has been fearing it to be you know in his head but this time it was actually that and yeah. man and that that messed him up too like loss of sleep and everything yeah poor guy yeah Oof. it's like his worst nightmare came true <laughs> to be fair he was ridiculously uh, uh dense at that moment like come true. on man yeah, yeah. like how could you <laughs> we will Whatever. talk about that <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, no, but you're right. You're right, though. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't have too much else on Kaguya right now. Uh, the the only little note I had left here on her is that she and I were eavesdropping on Miyuki's uh, therapy session. <laughs> uh, which yeah. Is, which which was like first of all, it was pretty funny them standing there with like the stethoscopes. And <laughs> it was it was it was funny in that sense, but it was also I think it it helped kind of the resolution get along at the end of this book where Mm -hmm. if she didn't know about some of those things that he told the doctor then maybe maybe kaguya wouldn't have been able to well maybe she wouldn't have had the courage to take the steps that she took later on yeah i I could agree with that yeah anything more on kaguya i don't think so i i I did take the most notes on her but i think Hmm. uh, we already talked about all of it so yeah uh it's interesting like i also took quite a lot of notes and i just feel like we just blew through all through all of that discussion really fast yeah but anyway let's talk about miyuki i also have almost just as much notes on him surprisingly because i felt like this was mostly a kaguya volume but there was definitely also a lot of interesting miyuki stuff in this one i think and i would like to, to kick off by a little quote from one of his thoughts as well uh, which was my real self is pathetic which is basically his struggle through this volume hmm uh, like Kaguya was the I, I have a terrible personality and they they both had those kind of thoughts in in one of these chapters where I, I just had to take take note of it because they, they just defined their struggles so accurately and just so simply um, even though they aren't simple struggles yeah 
I, I agree with that. I think that's been Miyuki's big flaw throughout the entire story is that he doesn't want to show that lame or, or, or unimpressive side to him. And I respect the fact that he wants to be better. I totally respect that. At the same time, and let me, let me just say that Miyuki has been one of my favorite characters, and I think he's a great guy, fantastic person. And I think the good he does is not him necessarily putting on a facade. I think he is genuinely oh, yeah. a good person. But I think this volume effectively expresses my frustrations with Miyuki, mm-hmm. especially these past two volumes, in that he's been so caught up in the fact that Kaguya has to be the one to confess to me, otherwise I'll never be able to match up to her. And I've, like I said last week, I don't think that is a healthy way to go about a relationship. It's okay to not be, you know, or, or it's okay to show your vulnerabilities. It's okay to not be as, you know, amazing as the person you love, lack of a better word. Because in reality, while Kage is a very special person, I think if you're both in love, it doesn't necessarily matter your status in life. It Maybe to the families, especially the, the posh family that is the Shinomiya clan, but mm-hmm. to Kage, who you would hope loves him no matter what, which she does, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. And yeah. I guess I have the luxury of being a third-person viewer into this, so I know what each person is more or less fe- feeling. But mm-hmm. even but even then, it, I think he was holding himself. And I, I think you could argue he's gotten, I think he got somewhat over it by the end, but he was holding himself back by having those uh, almost inferior complex inferior complexity or whatever the the term is inferiority complex yeah inferiority complex towards kaguya uh, it's okay to show your vulnerability you don't have to be perfect in fact it might be better it might be better that way because i think it it, it allows you to be honest with each other and as kaguya was saying that's just how relationships work you make each other better you you love each yeah. other no matter what and Anyway, so that's that's my feeling, and I and I think both Kaguya and Miyuki were able to learn that in this volume, uh, especially Miyuki, towards the end. Yeah, he he definitely had a harder time kind of accepting it, sort mm-hmm. of. But yeah. I do think he, and like maybe maybe he's not quite there. Like I do. Well, think yeah, yeah, he's... yeah. I think I I think you're right. I don't think it's one hundred percent. I just think mm. that now he realizes that could be an issue, or or. That this is what's tripping him up, um, right? Yeah. So, and we also learned, you know, Kaguya wishes for a, an ordinary life, an ordinary romance, right? Like, and so he shouldn't have to be all this like extra. <laughs> ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he he will learn that, and like I'm sure he has for for the most part learned it. I imagine, but. Maybe there's a little little more to maybe beginning yeah beginning to accept it, and mm. to be fair, we did in this volume there was a moment where he's like it's not good enough I got I gotta keep I gotta keep trying and he looked like he was trying to plan something out mm. uh, for Christmas Eve or something, but then it also made it seem like those plans were a failure like he couldn't think of anything, and I don't know. I, I could see that being the case, and it, it was definitely the right moment because 
they had that beautiful romantic moment on that bench, just a simple, mm-hmm. very simple, ordinary th- moment. Yeah. But I also wouldn't be surprised if there was something else Miyuki had planned. I don't think he had very much kind of planned out in that in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he he like turned tail and ran away from Kage. He tried to escape the situation because he was so like out of his element, kind of mm-hmm. in the moment. And mm-hmm. like like ultimately, Kaguya was able to get that present from him, right. the cup and ball game. Uh, and I think her getting that and like it kind of revealed to her how ordinary he is mm-hmm. and like what he's like when he doesn't put much effort in. It's just like the natural Miyuki. It does. It's not. It's not well thought out. It's. It's just. It's nothing extra. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, totally. And and I'm not saying like that moment. Like there's something something else, but or at least there was something behind that kendama thing. I was I was more implying that maybe there's something else he has planned or he was planning. Um, mm. But at, again, when you read that when you read that ending or those final two chapters, it makes it seem like even though he had set out to plan something, he couldn't think of anything in the end. Mm. But I guess it's, we won't know until, well, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's better to be safe than sorry and just say, yeah, he couldn't think of anything. Mm-hmm. He thinks that like the bargain that, that Kaguya kind of proposes in that scene of her, like basically revealing both of them, their bad sides to each other. he, he thinks that's unfair because he already knew, like as you touched on earlier, he already knew what she, what her bad side was like because he, that, that that's what all of her was like basically when mm-hmm. he got to know her. And I, I, I sort of see where he's coming from, but at the same time, I don't think, I, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with him right. there. Because just because he already knew something, well, I mean, I, I still think he, he's responsible for, for, opening up to Kaguya just as much as she does to him. Totally. And and I do think that moment ultimately did. Um, right. Did help that. I mean, he, he was the one who kissed her <laughs> there and, you know, making that moment into, like, yeah, kind of that, that simple but really, really, really nice moment. Mm-hmm. It, it's not this big thing where with balloons thing. falling from the sky and <laughs> and all that. So. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. doesn't need mm-hmm. to be. For sure. So, yeah, I, I love that. I love the development of both of these characters throughout this volume. Yeah. So much. Very very good de- development. Yeah. And I hope this development can, like, take some pressure off Miyuki and, you know, make him more confident with himself. And hmm. like, because, like, now that we've gotten to know, and we're, we're going to touch on it very soon here. Uh, we've, we've learned some more about his backstory and and we also saw what his room looks like oh. uh, in this volume. Oh, like, yeah. It's it's very clear that he's in a really bad place or he has been mm. just like with pressure and wanting or like feeling that need to get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And because, yeah, I guess, first of all, that room he had, like with all the notes that he yeah. written to himself, posted everywhere it's that's unhealthy <laughs> yeah very yeah i, I was kind of disturbed the first time i saw it I was like what? Really? I, I was like shocked very like i was like what like i did not i had not expected that to be honest i didn't i feel bad but i didn't think too much about it at the time but now that you talk about it yeah it's 
it's yeah, it's kind of not disturbing, but sad to see that he feels like he has to go out all, all out like this. I mean, this it's 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 an extreme having all those yeah. notes every, everywhere and like and, to constantly remind yourself of all those things and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's definitely something that I I'm hoping he will be able to improve uh, after having had this open moment with Kaguya. It's interesting because I think throughout the the whole series, kind of, for the most part, we have seen more of Kaguya's uh, struggles. Mm-hmm. Probably because we always knew of her bad side, you know. Whereas Miyuki's bad side, well, it's always been apparent that he, he doesn't like failure and and stuff like that we always knew that but it, it's never been really elaborated on as much as as kaguya's kind of struggles have been until now mm. and i think yeah so i think see, seeing that now and really understanding just how bad he's had it as well mm-hmm. uh, it it kind of changes things and it makes him i think a much more interesting character and more vulnerable well m- more vulnerable yeah. thus more interesting yeah well yeah for sure yeah, Miyuki makes a comment that he wouldn't have got to the point there where he is at if he hadn't tried as hard as he did, and I agree, that is very much the case. But I also like how the volume kind of makes a compromise, or at least Kaguya makes a compromise, where I I don't expect you to to not try as hard as you do, but let's also, you know, rest or be willing to show each other our true sides from time to time. And I I really appreciate that because I don't want to take away from all of the hard work that Miyuki has done. And I think mm. while, I mean, you look at his room and some of the other mental pressures he's had in his life that deal with part of, part of his backstory, I think, it is a bit unhealthy. But at the same time, he's done some incredible things because of his hard work. So it is... So to, to tell to someone, tell someone that all that is wrong or what you've been doing is a mistake, I don't think it is fair to, not saying anybody was saying that, but just as I was reading it, I, I was hoping that that wouldn't be the case. And, and it's not. I think they, they express that what he's done is amazing, but mm. it's a bit, you know, it is a bit much. And he doesn't have to go that far to get her love. And uh, I, I I appreciate that compromise that they at least I don't I mean I don't think Miyuki's there yet, but they established that why 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 don't we meet in the middle in that in that sense? Right, because Kaguya obviously also put effort in, uh, yeah. you know, to to make their well their journey up to this point work or like to, to keep the romance kind of alive in a way mm-hmm. because as she pointed out like if she hadn't warmed up or like you know thawed up a bit then Miyuki might would have probably grown tired of trying uh mm-hmm. with her mm. so she also you know made an effort to kind of change herself yeah in in order to make the relationship a possibility mm-hmm. uh, but at this point they're both kind of past that hopefully <laughs> hopefully so that they they can be 100% them, themselves with each other I think I think you kind of touched on this earlier. Miyuki has a little more growth to do. Uh, right, I, I mean, so. I, I don't think it's fair to say that Kaguya is done growing. I think 
she'll yeah. still have things to things to she wants to improve on or overcome yeah. but as far as accepting herself and accepting her feelings from Miyuki I think she's pretty much there I think Miyuki while he while he does accept his feelings for her I think he still hasn't accepted himself all the way and that may continue to be a bit of a struggle for him going forward not as a major but I I think we'll I think we'll see him have a full closure at one at one point yeah and i guess moving into his backstory a little bit that he talks about at the at the hospital his mother made him take entrance exams for kindergarten and for grade school but he failed both of them and so she lost interest in him ridiculous yeah that is ridiculous this woman's horrible i didn't i didn't absolutely i mean i thought Mm. she was not great when she left Miyuki's dad and the family is like, oh, well, she's a, you know, she's kind of a selfish person. Probably didn't, doesn't need her in your life anyway. But hmm. at, at this point, I was just appalled by her. And it totally. just, oh my gosh, like you, you don't, don't treat your kid, children like they have to qualify for your love. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. And so with that, we kind of learn the original reason for why Miyuki feels so much pressure to mm-hmm. be a genius. And it made me think back to one of the really early chapters, might have been the very first volume, uh, where there's like a, the, the brain teaser chapter. Oh, yeah. He's, ta- he's taking it super seriously just because he's afraid of looking dumb. And like, I think, I mean, I don't know how far ahead uh, um, Akasaka has been planning this story out. I, I have mm-hmm. no idea. Uh, but that that just f- felt like if I would go back to read that now, I like I would think about this and I would like it, it would make that chapter, which is, I think, especially the first time reading it, a very comedic chapter. But reading it now, I think it would just be, well, more much more somber and just kind of mm. like just knowing this, like the reason for why Miyuki acts the way he does, or at least initially is because his mother put all that pressure on him. And when he failed her, she abandoned him and mm-hmm. and the rest of the family. I think that Miyuki's mother was a bad type of motivation for him versus mm-hmm. getting Kaguya to notice him and maybe even love him. While kind of I, I, one could argue it became a little unhealthy in how, how hard he worked. I still think it's a healthier motivation. Oh, yeah. And j- just better for him overall because it kind of made Kaguya his idol or in in a way versus his mom was how how do we put this kind of a, a slave driver <laughs> like yeah. chica no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, i mean no, she is his new mother <laughs> you're right you're right uh, no uh, hmm. i don't know if if what i'm saying making it makes sense it's mom was a bad motivator Kaguya, in this sense, was a good motivator, you know. Definitely. Fake love versus potentially true love, maybe. Yeah, yeah, dude. True love. <laughs> I said I said the, the <laughs> taboo the word. word. <laughs> Kashiwagi is disappointed in me, and so is Chika. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and more about his mother was that we learned that when she abandoned the family, she took Miyuki's little sister with her. And that got me thinking. 
Is he talking about Kay, or is there a second sister? <laughs> yeah, I I wondered that too. And if it is Kay, how did she come back? Why did she come back? Right. Did she fail a test and the mother right. kicked her out? Or is there a third sibling? I right. I don't know. I I wonder if this if this like speculation was even intended to be a thing, or if it was just if they if it just really is Kay and. And and when when he wrote this, he didn't take into consideration that it might have been worded in a way that could potentially also be somebody else. Yeah, I wonder. But it definitely might be a third Shirogane sibling. I mean, either way would be interesting, but it could give uh. Kay some backstory that we really haven't had bes- besides her relationship with, with her dad and, and Miyuki. So it could give True. Kay a little more uh, exposition and explanation. I think that for sure nice. yeah i agree yeah because it definitely could be her and and yeah it would be interesting in that case to, to learn kind of why is she now living back with her dad again and and all that maybe, and maybe it's not because she failed maybe she just couldn't stand her mother anymore and yeah then she came back right right yeah yeah very very much many unknowns there i feel like something that i'm really excited to learn both about miyuki and kagi right now is more on their families kind of yeah because i feel like there's been a lot of a lot lot, lot of little hints and like partial information uh on both of their families right now so i'm very interested in seeing more on both indeed one more thing i'll say that we kind of touched on but i just want to put in the miyuki part he's never Mm -hmm. hated kaguya's aloof side like oh yeah if anything he's always kind of respected it and liked it in a sense i guess that kind of added to her appeal or high society appeal i guess so um, mm. And I guess that's something we always knew, but it's the first time that Kaguya heard it, and it's also just nice to see Miyuki acknowledge it. Absolutely. One of the many little callbacks to previous uh, chapters from this volume was when Miyuki had to go to the uh, to the hospital for lovesickness, just like <laughs> Kaguya did. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I had too much to say about it. I just think it was a, like one of the many nice little callbacks. Yeah. And... And good to see him kind of have to <laughs> go to the hospital for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anything more on Miyuki? No, I, I'm, I've exhausted everything, I think. Except, gotcha. you know, whatever we'll talk about later. Yes. Uh, next up, so there were not a lot of other characters that I took a lot of notes for. Neither did I. I mean, I have notes, but not a whole lot. Right. So the next one that I'm going to bring up is actually the one that I took the most notes for outside of Miyuki and Kaguya. Oh, okay. Maki Shijo. Ah. Even though her romantic experience is poor, mm-hmm. it turns out she was a good person for Miyuki to, you know, <laughs> to, to ask about advice since she and yeah. Kaguya are just so much alike or they have a lot in common anyway. I mean, they're both, they're both extreme Sundays uh, in one way yes. or another. And yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's funny how she's able to connect to the dots at the very end of that chapter. She's like, wait a minute, are you yes. talking about Kaguya? Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, He's able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But but it's true that it, Miki did pick the right person to ask, at, at least with the way that Kaguya was yeah. acting. Um, <laughs> I mean, people can be complicated, especially the tsundere's. So I guess w- <laughs> who better to ask than a fellow tsundere? Yeah, Absolutely. And then she learns about the grown-up kids as well. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> At the same time as Kashiwagi. Well, 
at least the same panel. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I just love how how Matmaki just runs away. They're like, "Oh, you betrayed me!" And she runs <laughs> up to like you and like Tsubame are doing something together. And she just <laughs> runs up there because because apparently Miyuki is a pro like, or he's pursuing a romantic relationship now or mm-hmm. that now he knows about it. But little does she know what you has going for him. What? I mean, come on. So, I she's got to be in denial because. Literally, she saw you gaining the courage to ask Tsubame out. That's actually true. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just a joke, to be honest. But Maybe she well, thought yeah, that he failed. Because yeah. she wasn't, I guess she wasn't incredibly confident oh, yeah. that he would be able to do it. Whatever. Uh, maybe something like that. <laughs> either way, uh, it is funny that, I guess, she feels you is the only one she can rely on now. <laughs> Yeah, and it was also funny to see that apparently she and you are, like, communicating on some dating sites. Oh, that was them? I couldn't figure that out. Oh, okay. Yeah, because in that chapter, uh, when they're talking about the personas, uh-huh. like, well, the yeah, narrator that, is... Right. Then, then you know, she, she is used as the example mm-hmm. for every, like, every, like, different situation, like, every different social situation. Correct. And for the internet persona thing, we, we like... She says, or someone's, like, it's written, LOL, yep. And that's exactly what it's written in the, like, between chapters page with you. Ah. LOL, yep. So it's those two communicating. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed him say that, but I didn't, I didn't put the, the dots together that he was replying or saying. Like, so that, that makes sense. Like, it was him saying that. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought they were just showing a, a persona of of you for some reason online right. i mean i guess technically they were but it, it was it was actually that they were commuting with kidding with each other yeah or at least it seems that way but um it's like yeah it's on a dating site but or at least it seems that way but i don't imagine they are like seeking people i, I don't know what they are doing on the dating site because i don't imagine they would go to a dating site just to like look for people because they both have someone that they are very romantically interested in and I don't think they would want to replace that person with somebody else. So the the best guess I got as to like what they're doing there is just they're kind of supporting each other, kind of just being there for each other, maybe. Although go being doing that on a on a dating site is a bit weird, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. I guess is it are we, are we for sure that this is a dating site and not just a forum and someone said come here if you want to date. There's just someone who posted that. Ooh, actually that, yeah, it definitely could be a forum. And like, there's like, like a thread, for example, with that mm-hmm. title that, yeah, that actually would make a lot more sense if that was the case. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were uh, making fun of, or they were just like kind of getting a laugh out of it. I don't know. And you know, maybe they're not even communicating. Maybe they're both just looking at that thread. Yeah, maybe. Like, I, I don't know. There could be, it could be a lot of things. But it's a very small thing. <laughs> uh, going back to the persona thing, I thought it was interesting that we saw Maki's different sides. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we knew about her. Um, the two of those sides, but then you have the online persona. And then the one where... I, I've never seen her hair like that before. So it took me, yes. it, it t- it took me a while to process it. I, like, I kind of wish she kind of... I kind of wish she had her hair like that all the time. No. I'm not no. a fan of... <laughs> not her twin tails. Twills. Don't get rid of her uh, twin tails. <laughs> I like her hair design when she's with her family, apparently. 
Um, I mean, I like it too, but I prefer the Twin Tails much more. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I, it's interesting. How I wonder how that's different than when she's being like a tsundere elsewhere. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe yeah, she's I mean, more aggressive. I'm sure it's nuances. Like yeah, fair. It, <laughs> but I mean, it, it was really nice to see her kind of in that get up and. Yeah, even though it's just like a pretty small image, it, it was really of nice course. to see that. Mm-hmm. And we also got to see her and Kaguya from back when they when they were in like junior oh, high, yeah. and they have like the same yeah. hair. I mean, sort of the same hair and the same look. Uh, so that that was pretty fun to see, like ice, Maki. Mm-hmm. Ice Maki. <laughs> smug Maki. She kind of has a smug face, kind of. Yeah, honestly, she does. <laughs> She's like, I'm too cool. Yeah, <laughs> she she is though. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more on her? Nope. All right then. Uh, let's move on to Ai Hayasaka. Really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> We're doing a weird order this time. I'm just I'm just I'm interested is because I, I'm assuming you're going by how many notes you took. Sort of, more or less. I I only have like one sentence for her, but please take right. it away. Well, I, I don't have much. Like, the rest, I really don't have much on anyone, really, sort of. Uh-huh. But uh, I thought it was awesome. Well, actually, this is something I actually missed the first time I read it. Because I must have read this volume definitely faster uh, my first <laughs> time through when I read it, like, almost a year ago, the first time. Anyway, what I what I missed the last time was that we actually see young Hayasaka uh, in this volume. Mm-hmm. Two times. Yeah. Um, and... She's crying both times, so it's like it really, really affirms, like reaffirms that like kind of thing that I think was in like one of the early volumes in her character bio mm-hmm. about Kaguya having called her a crybaby, and that <laughs> maybe is like the reason why she kind of, well, why she assumed personas. Uh, so it was nice to actually see that. Yeah, this also goes back to what Lucas was saying about Hayasaka living the Shinomiya way as well, back way back in like the fourth volume i think we were talking about that and we had we had we've brought it up in previous volumes as well but i I do think you can see even more so now that she was taught in the same way kage was Mm -hmm. although i do think it's still on a different level because right she was bred to be the servant of a shinomiya where kage was bred to be a shinomiya so there's Mm -hmm. a bit of a difference there but i I do think that in some cases hayasaka has to deal with the same rules and, and understand the same concepts. But I, 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 I won't go as far to say as she's as restricted as Kaguya is. Uh, I think she has her restrictions in just, just the nature of her work. Um, but if she were to find love or do various things, I, I, think, it, I think she'd probably have that, if she's able to find the time, <laughs> that freedom to, to do that, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's more of a, her her time is Kaguya's time, if that makes sense. Uh, right. But uh, I do hope one day she's able to get a little more freedom in that sense. And Absolutely. Yeah. At least we know that since volume 11, she works That's fewer true. hours. That is very good. Um, That's a good point. That is very good. Like So she doesn't work as frequently anymore, but... But, you know, she still, when, when she does work, she still puts the same amount of effort into it, which right. I think is fair. I mean, and, yeah. I, she, and she wants to. She wouldn't want to work any other way, I don't imagine. <laughs> right. You know, 
she wants to give it it all when she is on duty, you know? Yeah. And seeing her kind of act as the messenger between Kaguya and Miyuki in that one chapter was really nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she even got, like, the, the costume on and everything. She was a good sport about it. Yeah, yeah, and maybe Maybe she took some a little bit of enjoyment in it. I'm not sure, but... You know. I, I think she did. I, yeah. I think she, you know, she, she's probably, you know, curious and, like, mm-hmm. interested in, the, in those sorts of things, so... Sure. I, I think she did enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next up, Chika Fujiwara. Kage did Chika dirty with that weight, whole weight thing, man. Like, like commenting on her weight and, oh. and <laughs> telling her, like, oh, you're going to get fat or something. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. gosh. I mean, to be fair, yeah. you know, you got you to gotta maintain a healthy diet and whatnot. Um, For sure. And, and drinking but... boba milk tea, whatever whatever those things are called, like after yeah, a run, yeah. it, it's not <laughs> not the way to go. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I agree. Like Chica doesn't have the smartest ideas a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but that doesn't give Kaguya the right to no. like say that to her. That was yeah mean. <laughs> it was, but but it was nice to see that. Um, or it was fun, I guess, to see that the Fujiwara family celebrates oh, uh, yes. Christmas and New Year's at the same time. And <laughs> so to that I say, why not? No, like... it's stupid. It is so stupid. <laughs> Christmas Christmas is a separate holiday. And in Japan, it's, it's supposed to be romantic or, or family-oriented. Well, I guess New well, Year's yeah. Eve is kind of family-oriented as well. But New Year's <laughs> is, is kind of the Japanese celebration. And... And Christmas is the Western celebration. They they right. have they have their limits, and it's not like you're getting <laughs> I, presents each time. I I'm very I'm very with like Miyuki and I see. everybody else, <laughs> most everybody else in this. I think uh, it's strange. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's also strange. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess yeah, but I I think it's fun. I'm all for it. I, I'm with Chica on this one. <laughs> well, I don't even know if Chica likes it. I think she just kind of. Just we're kind of used to it now. Like just yeah, just yeah. Like kinda... she wasn't she wasn't fond of it at first, but she right. has, yeah, she's grown used to it. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's unique. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll never experience that ever anywhere else. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Man, now I wanna now I wanna get to know a Japanese person that does that, so I can have such a celebration. <laughs> so at some point, <laughs> I, hey, if you find that person, uh, you know their their last name is Fujiwara. Just so. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be. It, it, do you think it's a Tomoe Fujiwara, <laughs> the, the, the founder of that tradition? Uh, no, man, she's just like, no, our party's lame. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it sucks. <laughs> that was, I thought that was really funny. Like she she started that whole thing, and now she's just like, nah, screw that shit. <laughs> <laughs> she is such a free spirit. I. Yeah. No, I don't blame the dad being uh, maybe a little more <laughs> restrictive on Chica. Um, I sympathize with him now. I really do. Uh, I sympathize with Chica as well, but you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess while we are while, while while we're talking about the Fujiwara sisters, or do you have anything more on Chica? I do actually. Um, then start with that. So before I before we go on to the family, just. Uh, one, we see that Chika also impacted Kaguya in a similar way that Miyuki did. Obviously not romantically, but Chika, mm. or Kaguya saw Chika and kind of pictured her as the ideal girl to be 
yeah. bubbly, cute, friendly, and maybe she th- thought that would be something that Miyuki would like more, um, mm-hmm. or at least it was the more ideal and less unsightly, unsightly thing. And so she tried putting a bow on it to copy Chica's. Like, obviously, yeah. that, that didn't work. <laughs> that, that was, like, one of those moments. It's, like, it was really funny to see that. It was also So sad. I actually put it in comedy. Uh-huh. But, yes, it is also, like, pretty sad. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, I like how Chica really... I mean, for all the times that Kaguya curses her or someone could argue takes it for granted. I mean, they, they had, like, that one of the special moments between them way back in one of the volumes. But it is nice to see how much Kaguya or Chika has helped Kaguya in a way that Chika probably doesn't yeah. even know. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and maybe Kaguya doesn't know it as much as she should either. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Maybe. I still don't think they appreciate her, appreciate Chika as much as they should. But Exactly. Whatever. Yeah, it's like... We, we do know that, I mean, Volume 8 was great. Volume 5 yeah. also showed it. Yeah. Uh, like, those those gave two good examples, I think, of Kaguya, at, like, definitely valuing her friendship with Chika. Mm-hmm. But overall, she has taken for granted a whole lot. And mm. I do think, yeah, Chika, while she isn't as round of a character as the like many of the other main protagonists of the story... She is still lovely, and she deserves right appreciation. She does. She really does. Even <laughs> even after all the terrible things, like she does sometimes. <laughs> She's even. But even Kaguya mentions that I want to be a, a normal girl. Like she doesn't say like Chica, but a normal girl who throws tantrums or screams or is cute mm. and bubbly or whatever. And that's exactly what Chica is. To her, Chica is the. Defini- textbook definition of a normal girl, I guess. So. Sort of, yeah, yeah. But she's <laughs> not. I mean, funny. she's not. At right. All. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. anyway, it's funny though. <laughs> uh, and then my other thing is just, I love. Again, this could be comedy, but I, I just think it adds to Chica's perception mm-hmm. of herself. Is that yeah. she thinks she's the normal one in her family. Yes. Everyone. And, <laughs> and to be fair. Compared to her sisters, I you know, I I think she might be because there is yeah, something that, wrong with Moeha, like big that's time. The, that's the funny thing about it. It's like yeah, yeah, you're right. Compared to them, yeah, maybe she is the <laughs> the most normal. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, does this segue nicely into Moeha? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I suppose. So she may or may not have rigged the present exchange mm. so that she and Miyuki would get each mm. other's gifts. On the, on one hand, I think whoever got her gift, she would have been tintillated by. On the other hand, the fact that Miyuki got it probably was number, best case scenario for her. Yeah. Uh, if Kay had got it, I think she'd still be pretty excited. But <laughs> she's into some weird stuff, man. Um, but... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then Miyuki, Miyuki being very gracious towards the gift, uh, gave her I think the wrong messages. But yeah, yeah, um, she she got like hearts bubbling out of her and like, right. Yeah. Don't trust. Beware, man. Beware. Yeah, man. 
She scares that was, me. She scares that me. That was scary. And she was very happy with Miyuki's, like, receiving Miyuki's simple present. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's in love. She, well, yeah. Well, you know, first love, you know, in some way. thing. Like a high school crush. High school crush, yeah. yeah. She was fun in that chapter. Let me let me be fair. I I, mm. I, I I'm always like down on Moiha. She's very cute, and yeah. it's just, it's just fun to kind of react to her uh, <laughs> tastes. Um, oh yes. Even if even if I'm a little creeped out by it, <laughs> but I yeah. mean, hey, if uh, if some girl, cute girl, gave me a handcuff, I'd uh, I don't know, I don't know how I'd react. It depend on it depend on the person. But, it would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but hey, and I obviously love her twin tails because I'm <laughs> maybe that's I'm a sucker for those. May, maybe that's why I'm scared of her. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not the uh, twin tails. I mean, uh, to be fair, uh, I'm I am more of a Chica fan, but I do like the older sister. Well, okay, I have like I have a mixed feeling about the Tomoe. Is that her name? The uh, Toyo. Oh, not Tomoe. Toyo. Or no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me. Toyomi. Toyomi. Um, Toyomi, like, she's very cute, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> she's probably a little wild as, uh, and out there probably. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> but, yeah. but anyway. <laughs> yes, uh, and. Speaking of the handcuffs, I have one thing on Kei Shirogane. Okay. Where, well, I just, I just basically just her reaction to Miyuki receiving <laughs> that gift from Moiha. Like, she is so cross with Moiha for giving her brother that. Oh, she really is. <laughs> uh, that was, that was pretty great. It's almost like this isn't the first time she's done something like that. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine she, yeah, especially like Kei would know. What she's mm-hmm. like, so mm-hmm. not necessarily to Miyuki, but just in mm. in various other ways. Yes. Anyway, yes. there are two major characters that we haven't talked about yet: you and Miko, two of my absolute favorites. <laughs> uh, but I took no notes for either. So, really? do you have anything to say about either of them? <laughs> so I didn't take any notes on Ishigami, which is really surprising because he's my number right. two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I took notes on like comedic stuff on some of them, but like. Nothing in their actual thing. I have some theories for the next volume or so, but... Ooh, yes. I mean, very little, but still some. Um, Do you want to talk about Miko or you first? You decide. Oh, let's go Miko. All right. She has a great sense of smell. She is a dog. She is a dog. And the funny thing is, I wrote that, and then I saw the panel or the page, the in-between page, where he, he puts like the emoticon ears and, and nose on her to say, oh, yeah, uh-huh. she's basically a dog. And I was like, aha! Yes. I mean, it's <laughs> same, funny. Like, same wavelength, me and Akasaka here. I think even in the very first volume where Miko appeared, you likened her with a chihuahua. I really so, did. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> Apparently, she's also self-conscious about how much she eats. I did not expect that. Well, at least after what Kaguya, like after Kaguya's whole lecture about it. True, like, I, don't, I don't blame true. her there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, generally, I don't think she cares, especially because I think her metabolism just like she she doesn't gain weight. Lucky. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm the exact same. Wow. Which I mean, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, because you're always hungry. Yeah. Uh, not no, actually, not really. I'm I'm oh. just I, I have a problem. I I have a hard time gaining weight if I want to. Oh, okay. Anyway. 
I think that's all I have. Uh, it was just those those two things. Right. Anything on you? Nothing. I I got I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's blank on me on my end too. So the last one isn't really as so much of a character as well. Tsubame Koyasu is hosting her Christmas party at the same time as uh, the Fujiwara Christmas party. And we see a, what, one brief little panel of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see you, Miko, and Rei just kind of having a good time there together with Tsubame and mm-hmm. some others. <laughs> We're serving up drinks. It's like, you guys are in high school. What are you doing? I get, they must, it's probably they must be non-alcoholic. Well, it has to be non-alcoholic. There's no way. Yeah. But yeah, I, do, no, for sure. I do think it was cute that... Tsubame was teaching you how to make the drinks. Like, that. Was, oh, that, that's sweet. Yeah, exactly. And that goes into my theory in that I think we are... Well, I could be wrong, but I, I was thinking that maybe we would see... It would be nice to see that that party um, mm-hmm. and see what happens. And if, that's, if that does happen, which it, it may not, I have no idea. But if that mm-hmm. does happen, wouldn't it be interesting and really, I guess you could say messed up, if... The guy that basically ruined Ishigami's life ends up coming to that party. Oh! Because someone, because they don't know that he's a, at least most people don't know that he's a creep. So. Oh boy. Bringing him to that party would shake, really shake up Ishigami, I think, and could bring in some interesting potential, but maybe not. Hmm. Maybe, maybe that's just um, too, too much. It could be. That, <laughs> that is that is an interesting uh, speculation, though. I, I definitely think so. Um, but I, I, I do think that not showing this party would be a missed opportunity. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely with you there. That I guess yes. I should definitely portray that. Good. I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I love Miko's dress. I mean, it's just one panel there. It's just... <laughs> I, I, it's it's fun to see her like outside of her school uniform. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, it's it, like it, it's it's cl- it's clear that she has made made an effort to kind of dress dress up and like look nice. I think that's mm-hmm. very sweet because it's not something we've seen her do before. Yeah. Um, and I guess briefly on Nagisa and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. they they got a hotel room all to themselves for Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even uh, there's even more to that. Yes, we, I guess understand why Tsubasa wants to become a doctor because his grandfather's a doctor. Maybe his dad. I, I don't remember, but yeah. there, uh, who would who saw this connection coming? That right? Love, the the quote unquote love doctor is Tsubasa's <laughs> grandfather. What in the world? Exactly. And yeah. apparently, it is their curse to impregnate someone at seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, hopefully, their relationships are stable after that. But either but we way, we don't know. We don't know. So yeah. either way, um, <laughs> it's not looking good for Kashiwaki. All that's all I'm saying. I mean, look, if she wants the baby, sure. But this is yeah. Tsubasa's 17th birthday, and this is the curse. So I'm just praying yeah. that Kashiwaki doesn't become a teen mom. But <laughs> Chika would be like, "Hey, look, you're a teen mom." <laughs> Oh, oh my God, Chica! <laughs> oh my God, yep. Um, no, I mean, look, whatever happens, happens. It would be a really interesting twist if that was the case, and yeah, one, yeah. you know, what happens to that dynamic, that drama, and two, for sure, Maki would just practically die. Yeah. 
So um, actually, Ma- Maki appears one more time that we didn't mention. Oh, actually, I think is it like when the doctor is talking? No, uh, it's not. Um, it's the Christmas party. Well, uh, up above the Tsubame Christmas party, you, you, we see the Tsubasa and Kashiwagi at the hotel. Well, if you look, mm-hmm. if you look at the building all the way to the other, you, you get a microscope. You can see Maki from the other side. She's staring out the window. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm joking. Like it's not. No. You know. You made me look. <laughs> I, I, but, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but come on, good, she would totally one. do that. <laughs> With like a telescope. <laughs> <laughs> Why am uh, I doing this to myself? <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Sorry. <clears throat> anyway. Good. Nice. Um, <laughs> then, any other character? you want to talk about no i think i think we got everybody i mean this this volume was definitely kaguya and miyuki <clears throat> easily for sure so let's talk about the comedy a little bit uh for what we whatever we got mm-hmm. you mentioned it earlier a little bit but like miko or well you didn't actually well you, you mentioned miko's good sense of smell and so the scene that i thought was hilarious was her catching kaguya with a perfume and and Kaguya trying to bribe Miko with it to kind of get away with that was to me really really funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's showing uh, Kaguya's manipulative side a little bit, but it, mm-hmm. it, it was really funny. But it didn't really work that well anyway because it no, was like, oh, this, this smells like middle-aged lady. <laughs> Wait a minute, uh, no, you don't. Got to give it a chance. Um... <laughs> you gotta wait thirty minutes. You gotta like, wait 30 what? Minutes. <laughs> It's science. <laughs> yeah. But it was also like, I don't know. I, I, also, I always get a little bit of a kick out of when, when Miko is like in some way, not aroused, but kind of like bashful in a way when like someone gets close or something like that. <laughs> you know, when, when Kaguya like lifted up her hair and like was like almost like sniffing her neck it was like seeing that was also really funny. So yeah, uh, that that whole scene was was great in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, it kind of invades the personal bubble space at that time. So oh, yeah. I think anybody to be a little a little flustered, <laughs> but it definitely definitely Miko is going to be uh, <laughs> more so just based on her personality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I like how a lot of the chapters mirror chapters that have happened before, like the yes. bento and. And the love, or the you know, how to confess your love, or how to get someone to kiss, or whatever, um, you know, the the love advice, love advice. That's what it. Was. Mm. Like there's there's a lot of chapters that tie in. Is just now it's Ice Kage's turn or something like that. And yeah, and they're both equally funny in their own way. Like how we like we were mentioning, Kage just disses everybody, it gets kicks everybody out so that she can get the wiener, and then, <laughs> I mean, depending on how you look at that, that anyway. Um, Mm-hmm. The, and then the the love the whole love advice chapter is just, you know, hurting my sides hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I I think that there was a lot of funny moments to have there, and 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 then the love doctor, of course, that was right a, another mirror, but um, funny and it's, <laughs> you know, showing Miyuki's side of it all and. Like th- these are like a lot of these. It's all like it's like a fun thing to see them kind of. It, like the story kind of mirrored itself or rhymed with itself yeah. in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
in a lot of the cases, I feel like Akasaka has twisted it to be, well, the the lovesickness thing, for example. When when it was Kaguya, it was pretty, pretty much a, just a pure comedic chapter. Mm-hmm. But in in Miyuki's case here, it was a very heavy kind of conversation that yeah. came with that. For so, sure. But 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 yeah, like it, it's still a funny concept to kind of re- reuse those things though i mean when they, when they told him like he's got love sickness he's like what kill me now <laughs> yeah yeah he says it twice he's like, oh my gosh cringe <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think this is what they call the emo or like emo phase or whatever or that's like... right that happened again they use that term again so it emo in japan has to have a different kind of contextual meaning maybe it does i haven't it's been gotta, to, I, feel. I haven't been to japan in five or six years now so Maybe mm. maybe the some of the lingo has changed recently. Maybe. I'm not all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting though. And, uh, one of the th- bits that made me laugh the hardest was when uh, Miyuki's dad says, like he's he's trying to help Miyuki out with like his oh, problems. God. He says, "Ah, that's easy. It's because she has PMS, obviously." Oh. I was like, "Oh, dude, dad." <laughs> It's like I'm never ever asking you for <laughs> advice ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like knowing how his dad is. I understand why Miyuki doesn't like vent about his feeling a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was. I think it was really good that he was able to do that at the hospital. Yeah, I think it was good, and I'm glad the nurse was there because I don't think that doctor was giving great advice. I mean. I think he was going to say something about, you know, keeping your or keeping your feelings inside or, you know, keep moving forward, you know, the air yeah. and advice or whatever. But <laughs> he, the the nurse steps in and said, no, it's totally great to show your vulnerable side. Or like, I love it when men yeah. do that or whatever. And She was I mean, awesome. Yeah, she was awesome. She, she was the MVP of that, uh-huh. of that chapter. Absolutely. Um, we probably wouldn't have as much progress as we did without her. So I, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. that doctor. <laughs> the doctor's not bad. He's not terrible. I mean. I think he's a little self-conceited more so i honestly i thought he was worse <laughs> this chapter than he was mm-hmm. the previous chapter. i thought the previous chapter he was like seemed like he was a okay dude he's just telling it how it is and yeah. trying to help kaguya and then then to miyuki he's like i don't give a crap <laughs> like yeah he was off his game i guess yeah 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 i guess so anyway have you got anything more on comedy i think i said most of it could you know fujiwara <laughs> and and the, their whole family thing was hilarious and yes then let's move on to the romance, final bit of the chapter. So for me, I love the theme throughout this book of learning to accept your own flaws yeah. and, you know, to the point where you're comfortable sharing that side of yourself with the person you love. Because mm-hmm. that's very much like a an ongoing thing throughout this this volume with Miyuki and Kaguya. And yeah, I just think it nailed that. It, it did it so well. Uh, and I agree that makes this book my favorite book so far yeah I mean incredible character growth and and really Mm. truths that we can apply to our own lives in in terms of our relationships Um, and you know tangent but if anybody ever tells you that you can't learn something from you know pop media pop fiction or whatever it's not true you can you can totally learn things that can apply to your own life from various outlets um, you know, don't don't let someone tell you that because it's not an intellectual novel or something that's required from school to read that it's not going to stimulate you or benefit your life in some way. Right now, obviously, there's a there's a balance in all things, and 
there are some literature that is purely entertainment purposes and may not even have sort of special me- message, but maybe you can take something out of it. But I do think that Kaguya-sama Love is War, um, while it is very much entertainment, I think there are truths and interesting points that you can take and, and apply to your, to, our own, to your own life. And that's what makes it so fascinating as a rom-com. 100%. I don't know why I went off that, but I did. <laughs> right. No, no, it's good. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> so a few few things for me that it kind of all the way back to the beginning, or at least the the love ki- or the love advice chapter, Kage says mm-hmm. she's willing to go all the way with Miyuki, um, or at least if Miyuki wanted to go f- past the kissing or whatever, she wouldn't be entirely against it. And I guess we kind of knew that before. But yeah. to her to say it to Kashiwagi's <laughs> face is that's pretty it's pretty big. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the end of that chapter under the tree, I, I thought that was really romantic. It didn't turn out to be anything because Miyuki was kind of asleep, but mm. um, it was kind of that built up a tension, romantic tension right there, and then it um, dissipates when he wakes up and she's not there. Um, yeah. But I thought that was nice. That was really nice. And it's also another one of those nice little callbacks. Although this one wasn't as obvious, maybe. Uh, but her touching his lips. That, because that's what, that's, that's what he did to her when they were in her bedroom. Oh, When yeah. she was down with the fever. Good point. He touched, he touched her lips. So she got back at him. I mean, she did get back at him in <laughs> already. Sure did, but, but... Uh, but, but now she did it when he was asleep. So it's like <laughs> even more getting back at him like thoroughly, maybe. Uh so I, I thought that was a nice touch, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> and what I got, like the only other thing I got here on romance, because I think we have kind of sprinkled the romance throughout the mm-hmm. discussions uh, mm-hmm. on Kaga and Miyuki. Uh, but uh, basically, like amidst their kind of rocky relationship and complicated situations throughout this volume, uh, there was a moment of honesty and openness between them. When... Uh, Miyuki said that Kaguya's perfume spelled, smelled really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was able to say that, which was also a nice callback to the nail polish chapter, where at the end of that, he wasn't able to compliment Kaguya on the nail polish. Oh, I never connected to that. I guess that, but yeah, this time, sure. this time he was able to compliment her on the perfume. Uh, so I thought that was super nice. And Kaguya responded to that. She was able to be open about how she felt, saying that she, well, she, she admitted to liking it's when Miyuki notices things like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a nice little scene. Yeah, I agree. So I have a few more things. Yes. And I guess it's kind of uh, part comedy, part rom- romantic, hence mm-hmm. rom-com. Uh, the, ketchup, <laughs> yes. the ketchup part, is Ooh. that romantic? Like, Ooh. so <laughs> uh, I, I haven't, I haven't had too, I don't have too much experience in this, but getting ketchup off of someone's mouth via kissing i don't know i would almost classify that as erotic oh really? <laughs> i get. i guess yeah, it's, yeah i mean i mean it that, didn't that's happen french, that's no it didn't but, but that's i guess potentially french kiss territory but yeah, that's kind of gross right like oh there's like ketchup on your mouth like i don't i don't know like maybe i don't I mean... understand maybe 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 i don't understand <laughs> the mouth is a disgusting place anyway <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but to to be fair hmm. y- you know i mean when you're in love i guess things like that are a bit more uh exciting 
Oh, they're super exciting. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love in their conversation with uh, Hayasaka and Kaguya, where like they're kind of texting back and forth. Well, I guess that was with Miyuki and Kaguya through Hayasaka. Oh, yeah. There's a moment where she asks Miyuki, do you like me? And he says, basically says yes. And she squeals in her in her pillow. Yeah. That's, it, it's cute and very cute. And then she's like, composes herself. It's like, yeah, like we, we, we should do this more often or something. something yeah. like that. <laughs> so it's hilarious, um, but it's also, you know, kind of romantic. And you see, yeah. Ice Kaguya squealing like that in her pillow is right. one kind of uncharacteristic for that caricature but two it shows that again kaguya is more complicated and it, at least this ice kaguya isn't one factor of her it's mm. it is part of her like she is one whole right so. yeah absolutely one two other things mm-hmm. miyuki brings up the arranged marriage thing and it's totally played it along as a joke but i couldn't right. help but kind of you know my mm-hmm. radar from back when I was thinking it could be arranged marriage, uh, yes. potentially the future. I had a feeling you would uh, pick right? this up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I, I don't blame you. Sometimes I just can't put theories down. But I think that it's it's definitely a possibility because, like he said, some old families practice that for a long time. And, and Shinomiya could, they, that clan could still be practicing that or at yeah. least attempt to do it. Uh, maybe they, they do it because they see... Miyuki being as a, a bad influence and so the father puts his foot down and he's like nope I'm gonna set something up because obviously I can't trust you to pick someone right right um, which yeah. would be terrible hmm. um, but I don't know then again he this is played off as a joke so maybe maybe this was like a theory that was floating around already and Akasaka kind of played with it and was like ha huh. it's not gonna happen or I don't know maybe maybe I Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that I, I also, even though it was played off as a joke in the in the chapter, mm-hmm. I also had that kind of thoughts that you did. Like, could could there be something deeper behind this? Um, mm-hmm. Like, could his his fear or could his concern here actually be rooted in something real? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's hard to know at this point. But it's yeah, it's interesting though. Definitely hard to know. Of the two, I, I do think I still do think that it might play a role in the future. Um, mm. So I'll, I'm still, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't happen because you know that's yeah. sad. But uh, I think as far far as where the story is going, I think it is going to go that route eventually. Oh, you, you do think so? Okay. I I do, I do think so. Interesting. Um, hmm. I I know I I probably shouldn't be as confident, mm. but I I do. It's fun. It's fun. It makes the stakes higher. <laughs> it does. If, you, if you're going to be right or wrong, it's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, personally, I'm just really unsure. So I, I, I of can't course, I mean, but... you know, why? Yeah. Why? Why be this confident about it? I just, for some <laughs> reason, I think it just fits her strict family, traditional family, so well. You're right. Um, absolutely. Mm. Anyway, but I, I would, I wouldn't be upset if I was wrong, because. You know, that, right, right. It's got to be tough to get past if it is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. So, my last thing is, again, something we touched on, but just that that normal kiss that they had was incredibly romantic in front of the moon, and we know how yes. big the moon is. 
not size, I mean, big as an importance to the story. Exactly, um, yeah. At least with Kaguya's namesake. And then you get mm-hmm. that, that Kendama imagery with at the very last page with the moon in the background. Yes. I don't know if that's supposed to mean anything, and I, I can't say I've taken any meaning out of it, other than it's a, it's a nice imagery, Mm-hmm. And I wonder if she will keep that kendama, and it might play a role in the future at some point. But right. I mean, at the very least, she definitely will keep it. Uh, I mean, will it come back in the story? Know. Is what I right. What I meant. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I could see, I could see it doing that. Maybe mm-hmm. could be interesting, but I, I really don't know. It was nice though that that even though she, maybe she wasn't super fond of the actual toy but <laughs> she she was able to use the cl- piece of cloth for her hair yeah that was nice that was really nice yeah i guess we're mostly done here but i also gave gave the moon some thought here because it was very kind of prominent in the sky in that mm-hmm. scene and so i tried to interpret it like try to see like how in what way is that significant if it even is mm-hmm. and so i i was thinking so it's it's half what's the word for a half half moon half moon is it just called Half Moon? I thought so. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Um, and so it's like half of it is lit, half of it is concealed by shadow. And there's that one panel where Kaguya says, uh, do I look upset? And it's it's her and the sky and the moon in the background. Mm. And that got me thinking that what if it's supposed to sort of symbolize that, well, the... The moon is half light, half darkness, and Kaguya kind of has like her light side and her dark side, which are now both mm-hmm. sort of in balance with each other, in a sense. Like she has gone through this arc now, and she is confident with who he, who she is, both sides of her, and they are sort of equally as important to her now, sort of. Although may, maybe I'm just digging into something that isn't meant to be dug, but <laughs> that, that's how I saw, saw it. <laughs> I mean, there is that whole concept of yin-yang, and that's definitely more Chinese mm-hmm. philosophy, but true. I think, yeah, I think that holds true that there, there's two sides two sides of it, and, and mm. you know, Kag- Kaguya being um, able to accept both sides herself um, could be represented by that, you know, the two sides of the moon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it may yes. not be. It may not be, or maybe he was going exactly for that. You could be right on the Moe's, Petter. I, I would be impressed with myself if I was. <laughs> uh, the, anything more on romance? No, I, I'm, I have exhausted all of my resources. Lovely. Then I guess that brings us to the ending of the discussion. Again, I absolutely loved this volume. I think it addressed and added to and referenced like so many little things from throughout the series. Like, as we talked mm. about, like, there were so many previous uh, parts from, like, from the beginning up until now that have been in, in, in some way uh, relevant in this book. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. And just overall, I think it leaned more toward the serious side uh, than any of the previous books did as well. Yeah. Of course, it, it, you know, it still had comedy. But for me, there wasn't as much of that. Uh, there was no, more. I totally agree. There was far more serious scenes and topics that this one dealt with, and for me, 
that's better. I mean, not saying I don't love the whole series because I really do. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. Akasaka's sense of humor. But yeah. with this one, I thought it was, yeah. Uh, I was very happy with the balance of uh, comedy to drama. I Yeah, I agree that this is a fantastic volume. And the character growth for me was truly phenomenal and to see like the mm. themes be put out and to see them understand each other um, and really grow in their relationship and and potentially taking the next step is mm. incredibly satisfying um, it definitely wasn't as comedic as the previous volumes and I think I mentioned this last time as well that the serious parts I didn't enjoy as much as when it was, they had the comedy or something along those lines. I, I don't remember. Although I think I said I love the volume, and it was maybe even <laughs> my favorite. Um, yeah. You know, the funny thing is, I think Love Is War. Although these character progressions are so so needed and so beautiful, I think Love Is War. The volumes do better when there's more comedy. When there's more of a, <laughs> a balance. Because I look at the the final the final chapters of the last volume and they were hilarious, but they still had great progression for the characters um, in some, in some ways. Right. Again, not, not to say this volume is bad in any way. I mean, this is glorious. It was so great, but I (laughs) I do think that I enjoy it even more when there's a really good balance of, you you know, great comedy with great romance. Um, but not, again, not to say it wasn't funny, but I do think there have been funnier uh, volumes. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and volumes that may, may maybe balance it better. But um, I do think that one, this was needed, and two, it's beautiful in its own way. So mm. I hope I expressed myself well enough there. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And I think a lot of people probably agree with you that, like, I mean, this series, you know, most of it is far more comedy than this book was and so i think most fans of the series are fans of it because largely at least of the comedy so i i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people agree with you that mm. maybe more more comedy is uh, in general uh appreciated right i think you could still progress the story with the comedy bits you have yeah uh i, I really do but again this this volume had so much carriage progression that I, you know, I, I can't not like it. It was it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. So I'm gonna start by sharing my new list of favorite characters because it has okay changed a little bit, and I actually gave it some thought before the recording this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm gonna try to share a little bit of a longer list than my usual like top three or four that I usually do. All right. Um, Miko remains on my number one, even though she didn't have much in this volume. But mm. based on previous stuff, she is able to maintain her number one spot. But she is now followed by Kaguya Shinomiya on on the second spot and Miyuki Shirogane on the third spot. Nice. Yu has sadly gone down to fourth spot. That said, though, all of my top four are like really high up. Like, of course. They are sort of in a league of their own in my in my mind, um, but then number five, I would say, honestly, Maki. Oh, okay. I don't blame you. Right. Nice. And she is followed by Hayasaka, on number six. Mm-hmm. 
And then I guess I'd put Chica on seventh spot. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you know, <laughs> she's got to go somewhere. I, I do love her. I do. It's just I know. I like know she doesn't know. have as much depth, but I love yeah. her. Per- like as a character, I absolutely still love her. <laughs> yeah, I as we established last discussion, I am a filthy Chica fanboy, and I've come to accept <laughs> that. Um, it's good. It's good. <laughs> you know, I I got my body pillow coming, so hmm. that's good. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, hey, I, I don't shame. <laughs> if that was the if that was the case, <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, <laughs> so, what, what's your list? Like, make it as long as you can, like at least spontaneously. Oh, okay. So, I think number one is Kaguya, which was that way last volume. Did Miyuki beat out Ishigami for number two? That is the question. That is the question. I think so. I think with this volume, yes, because Ishigami has, while well, he's had some great moments. Mm-hmm. Um, even after that incredible growth he had, yeah. I think Miyuki is growing in a very favorable way, and he's much less of a seemingly perfect character, which I never really thought. But we we see more of his flaws, and, and now he's w- almost willing to accept his flaws more. Yeah. So I think I put Miyuki at two, nice. Ishigami at three, four. I gotta put Chika. Chica. <laughs> cool. Um, I mean, good, good. You, you got to embrace the fact that you like her. Yeah, I, I don't, do. Don't I shy do. away I can't, from I can't, that. I can't, I can't fight it anymore. Good. Uh, so four, four is Chica. Then I think uh, I'm... Di- mm. You know what I want to hear, but... <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's, it's a really close between three characters, Hayasaka, Maki, and Miko. Okay, well, those are all good characters, though. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think I put. I think I had to put Miko. Just Miko number five. Just because. No, no, no. Hayasaka's huh? number five. Hayasaka's oh. number five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hayasaka's cool. number five. Miko's number six, and Maki's number seven, and then Kashiwagi is after that. Yep, yep, yep. Oh yeah, Kashiwagi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. Kashiwagi. Kashiwagi's low. I, I was. I was much more of a fan of her earlier on, um, but. Um, for sure, Maki's. I, I like her. I like Maki more than Kashiwagi. Although, mm. again, Kashiwagi's still a good person. I just, I, I sympathize and I like um, Maki's uh, addition to the cast a lot. The reason why I put Hayasaka above Miko is, I think Hayasaka has some great character growth that I, I haven't acknowledged as much. Mm. But as I was listening back to our podcast episodes. And everything, I thought, you know, I really should give her more credit. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she she really is great, and I can see a lot a lot of the reason why people would like her. You know, I think towards the beginning of this series, I was confused a little bit why people liked Hayasaka so much, other than the fact that she was a, you know, cute blonde girl. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what isn't that why you like Chica because she's a cute pink hair girl? No. Um, <laughs> Hayasaka is one-fourth Irish. She is one-fourth Irish. She has a reason for her blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I do think her character progression is so good uh, that it would almost tempt me to put her above Chica, but I just I just can't. Ooh, I, I see. Can't. I see. So yeah, that's 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 my list. I think, nice. and, I'll, and one, one last thing I'll say is, I think Miko has a lot of potential to not only get past Hayasaka, but maybe even make it to number three or something like that. Um, but I I love her. Well, I mean, love is not a strong word. I really like her. <laughs> I like her a lot. 
and, uh-huh. I, and again, she's another fantastic addition to the cast. Um, uh-huh. But she hasn't gotten past my top three yet, or top That's four, I guess, in this case. So. Fair enough. That's fair. A, a big reason, I think, why I like her so much is because I think, well, I, I can relate to her in a, in a lot of ways, both big and small, little ways here and there. And, well, yeah, I just love her character. But since you mentioned Nagisa, I am going to say, yeah, she's probably also my number eight. Mm-hmm. So that's it for our discussion of volume 15. Thank you to anyone who listened. If you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga. And if you like this episode, please share it around with anyone that you think might enjoy it too. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time, where we'll talk about volume 16. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.